what do you get when you mix two opinionated, honest to a fault, abrasive, yet considerate, say what you want to say, funny women? Well, you get this podcast. We're bossy and we're best friends. So welcome to the Bossy Besties podcast. All right. Welcome back to our little show here. It's episode 14. I'm Brittany Cabuno. Hey, (laughs) y'all. I'm Melinda Ford. Get hyped. Get hyped. New episode. How's everybody doing? How y'all feeling? Feeling good. Feeling great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm real, like, mellow right now. I'm in a very mellow state of mind. Because you're not whooping any asses over not getting homework done or taking baths? (sighs) Bro, I'm like... Yeah. They went to school today, so I don't have any horror stories, and I'm in a decent state of mind, so I get another day of that, and then I got three days of them home. So I'm trying to just leave that stress for the rest of the week and not bring <laughs> not bring that into my today. All right. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> Gazoon tight. Um, I got it. What, uh, did you have a good day? What did you do today? Anything? Yes. Um, actually, we just talked about home edit, I think, on the last episode. So I yeah. went in to watch the show. And the pilot episode has Reese Witherspoon, which who doesn't love Reese Witherspoon? You know, she's like the Sweet women's sweetheart. Yeah, she's um, America's sweetheart. But um, this episode was so squealy. Like, the women from home edit and Reese were just too, like, high-pitched, like, overly excited yeah don't and even I would try just like, make the noise yeah and i was like overly overwhelmed with yeah. it i was just like no mm-mm. and then ron was like is this seriously what we're watching i was like i just want to check out the show it goes on for like 15 minutes and i was like yeah we're like not i don't even care what the closet ends up looking like like i didn't i don't care i'm here for the organization i'm not here for like the story of whatever you know yeah yeah and so, they they get way too like they're so excited to be doing all of her because they organize all of her like movie memorabilia and stuff. like legally blonde and yeah whatever. so they're so excited they do they like shrill like little like shrill that's freaking shrill shrill it was terrible I, it was it was a lot. I was like, I remember watching it being like, uh, I hope they don't do this all the time. Like, because if this is just how they behave, then I, I, I haven't been back. I, watch it. I haven't been back. But what I did do, um, I do know that they go by like color. That's one of their things. And I've seen it yeah. with everybody zooming and having to Skype in for the different platforms I watch. Mm-hmm. I've noticed a lot of people do the color thing with the books. And I was like, you know, it is aesthetically pleasing. I would like to do it with my kids' books because they're always, like, everywhere. Well, I did it. I sent that picture to the group. Yeah, you did send me a picture. You'll have to post it on our social media so people can see. what. It- and I like the, uh, like, bungee cords you put on it, too. Oh, uh, that's my husband. He's, cr- he's smart as hell. Um, yeah, because she would just just clear off an entire shelf. So now she has to actually work towards it. Not that she doesn't do it, but she has to work towards it now. Yeah. So the bungee cords, they were our first line of defense, but now the first line is that I just jam-packed the two middle shelves so tightly that, like, to (laughs) remove a book, like, you have to have, like, some strength. (laughs) So she can play with, like, the white books on the bottom of the shelf. (laughs) Yeah, I think it is. It's definitely aesthetically pleasing. And then, like they said on the show, they're like, it's easy... It's easier to get your kids to clean them up then in a way where you're like, okay, well, the blue book goes with the blue books and the red book goes with the red books. You know, it just <laughs> <laughs> kind of keeps them on their, you know, keeps gives them a little purpose. Yep. 
And I, she tries to help. God bless her now. Um, I have to mention with the tries to help, we went and played tennis this weekend and it was three courts, but they were all empty. So it was just us in this enclosure. And, Mm -hmm. um, we had Vivian hang out in her stroller while we played tennis, but then we, you know, we let her out. Yeah. Let her roam free. <laughs> so like that she could free... just run around. Yeah. While we like volleyed or whatever. Like and a grazing cattle. She became our ball girl. <laughs> so one went like on a, the court over and it was like pretty far over and her tiny little legs. And then she like runs to it and she's like, <laughs> and then after she gets it, the whole like trotting back, she goes, ball, 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 ball. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. It was a good weekend. See, that's city mouse. You always say that you're the city mouse. When you're a country mouse, your kids are used to just traipsing through fields and long distances. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise the family doesn't eat. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's just got like property and the kids just roam free and wild. Yep. Your little dog will bring them home. Yeah. <laughs> Saddle them it's up like with a the sheep. Fucking lassie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God. So I got a fun fact for you this week. Go on. I think I'm going to start doing fun facts. I just made that up in this moment just now. Um, <laughs> we marking it down because this is recorded. <laughs> no, d- don't hold me to it. I'm, I rarely follow through with things. Um, <laughs> it's just who I am as a person. Including birth control. She's a mom of many. Um, no, my fun fact is um, that did you know that the dotted lines, when they paint them on the road... You know, that shows that it's like a passing lane. Yeah. They are actually, which I, when I text you the other night, I actually text you the wrong number. They are actually 10 feet long. 10 feet? You said They're, six feet. I said six. I thought it was six. Well, that's what Rich told me. Rich told me they were six feet long. And I wanted to like Google it and find out why it is that. You know, we we process them so much smaller. Okay. And it actually said that they're 10 feet. Oh. I think it said, because uh, the federal mandate used to be 15, I know it said. And then now it was down to 10. Let me see if there was another thing about, um, there was something I, I saw about, like, I think there's a federal mandate. And then I don't know if the states do something different. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 10 feet in length. U.S. federal guidelines dictate that the dashed lines separating traffic lanes or indicating where passing is allowed run 10 feet in length. Hmm. And they say that if you think that they are shorter, it's because you're going too fast. (laughs) Oh, oh, okay. Because you're going too fast. Sounds like some shit like your grandmother tells you, like an old wives say, like, if they don't seem long, you're driving too fast. You better slow down. Well, so they did, I guess they did a study and they had people drive at a different speeds. Mm. And some of them, they had like ranging from 25 miles an hour to 60 miles an hour. And then they asked all the people that they had driving at different speeds how long they thought they were and the average answer was like two was two feet long 
So it, it really actually didn't have anything to do with the speed because 25 to 60, everybody just assumed they were the same length. So I think it's just your brain's way of processing, I, I just being in motion and how quickly they're going by. You're, I, I, I'd venture to say your brain just kind of condenses that. That's the length of a brown bear standing on its hind legs. <laughs> <laughs> Another fun fact. Or a grizzly, sometimes they can stand tall like that, too. <laughs> so just think about that. You're just driving past a bunch of land down bears. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's whatever. I can't wait till somebody is just listening to this in the car, and then they just start visualizing just bears lying on their back with their bellies in the air, just <laughs> dotted down the, lo- down the road. <laughs> you can cross here, but not here. <laughs> Oh, that's great. That's a fun fact. I was trying to find out some other fun facts, um, funny enough. Um, codes for swingers, like I... Oh, yeah! We just... So we just heard about this. Our friends were telling us that... The pineapple story. Yeah, what, if if you've got a pineapple upside-down cake in your cart at the grocery store... No. Or something... No? I thought that's what it's it was. It's a pineapple. Didn't you see my Marco Polo? I thought that it was the if the pineapple on your porch means you're down to clown at your house. That's um, what you, Yeah, it was a pineapple upside down cake in your in your buggy at the grocery store. Meant like you're down for swinging. And then if you had a pineapple on your porch, that meant that you were down for swinging at your home okay but then leanne told us that uh white landscaping rocks are another way to to uh like that's people who do cocaine (laughs) that's not that's not always swingers i mean now i'm not saying when person a is a white rocked person (laughs) they cannot also be a swinger they can also be one and the same (laughs) but i think the indication is far different yeah, it said white landscaping rocks and also pink ones. Pink ones oh. are another indication. And they'll also use um, pink and purple decorations in the front garden as a way of signaling their fellow swingers. Oh, it's a pineapple door knocker. I just looked it up. Pineapple door knockers. Okay. Well, I do have the... Um pineapple turn upside down is when there's someone looking for a swinger party swingers also use the symbol to look for each other in public it's also said that the pineapple left on your front door in the middle of the night is an invitation to join the swingers Mm. they also have wristbands do you know why a pineapple though no why it represents hospitality and welcoming really that's what it says on the internet (laughs) well then it must be true (laughs) Well, I mean, we've been, we've been seeing people believe things like that so simply. Oh, my goodness gracious. Let's see. Black ring on your right hand. Oh. What was my grandma doing? <laughs> <laughs> she likes a black opal. It would end up on the right hand. Oh, they said, oh, there's even um, a podcast called Life on the Swing Set. Mm. That's about about swingers and there's another thing you can plant in your front yard it's called 
it's like it kind of looks like a fuzzy cattail almost pompous uh, okay. grass Mm. Yeah, it looks like uh, kind of like a mix between like a wheat and a cattail. <laughs> hmm. Well, I just looked up the uh, statistics that uh, somewhere between 2 and 10% of married couples have done something that could be called swinging. The 2% active seems like the most reliable figure, says an article from Sexual Health, NBC News. See, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not gonna, I just, I don't think that I would be into that. Um, I mean, I'm into like some others, uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm into some other stuff, but, um, I don't know. Like, remember they talk about like the old key parties and stuff? Yeah. Like, People like you, put their keys in a bowl, and then you pick out a set of keys, and that's, like, your Yeah, or a coat party. They do the same thing. There was a place. Do you remember that place that that dude, that uh, Jay Coles, the guy that worked at the liquor store in Cal, and the dude that owned Jay Coles, Jason Cole, they were always talking about going to that place on 40, where it was, like, if the lights were on down at the bottom of the driveway, it had they had, like, that brick entrance way. On the way like to Uniontown? Yeah, yeah. Yes. They always had swinger parties up there. That was that's what everybody always said. I feel like your um, old cheerleading coach also confirmed that at some point. <laughs> Gosh, her ass was probably there. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's so funny. She went to jail. Did you know that? What? Yeah, my old the old cheerleading coach Lisa. She went to jail. What'd she do? She like created a fake company. And was billing insurance companies for services that she wasn't giving. Like, I think she had her, like, master's in social work or something. Like, something like she was doing some sort of, like, health and human services, direct care supports. And she just, like, it was, like, boiler room, dude. She had, like, an office with just, like, a desk and a phone in it and, like, a couple files. And she was claiming that she was doing, like hundreds of thousands of dollars in business but she was never actually going and seeing these people but she was billing their insurance companies that she was like she'd go see them once and then never again but it looked like in like the records that she was getting paid for like three years worth of services wow yeah she went to i'm pretty like i know she was arrested i don't know you know she's a white woman she probably got off with like a slap on the wrist some community service and probation or something but i know she definitely went to jail at least for a little while Wow. Crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, like, how do people even, like, I, who has the nuts for this? Lots of people. There's lots of people. People do it every day. Your president does it. <laughs> I'm not. That was, you can edit that out. It's not <laughs> oh, appropriate. It. I was going to find out what an asshole you are. <laughs> My president. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, the swingers, yeah, so uh, yeah, I don't think, I don't think I'd be down for like the key party. Like, and I'm pretty open. Like I'm, you know, I'm into trying everything at least once. But I just don't think that I want to be swapping around in that public setting personally. What makes it public? Um. Yeah, I guess it's not. I mean, I guess you can do it, and like, it's not. I swear, it people have to be come public. to dinner, and they're like. 
having like a swingers meetup dinner. Yeah, you know what? I think you're absolutely right. Because like, you like fancy the couple together. Like it's kind of like y'all are like. It has to be equal for both people. So you have yeah. to both like the your partner. Right. See, and I think that's what I think. Like th- because the appeal of like, um, like bringing a third person into your bedroom is say like boudoir. A sh- you know, is, you wanted to is like a shared experience. But I feel like to be a swinger, you maybe I don't know. That's just not like a desire that I have, like to not share a sexual experience with my partner. You know what I mean? Because you're not really doing it. But I think if you're into it. Do you look it, at it as cheating? No, I don't. I don't. If you're not, if you're both like, I mean, if it's a consensual thing, I don't think it's cheating. Okay. Well, I'm just trying to get to the root of like why. One is more appealing. um, Because I I feel like it's a separate experience. And then I feel like... So I would feel Like you're outside of your marriage, right? Yeah, yeah, because that's... That's what I meant, I guess. Yeah, I think I would feel like that. But if we were both into it, then I don't wouldn't consider. You're saying it's it that. cool for people that are on the same page. Yeah, for sure. But it ain't Absolutely. cool for you because you're like not on that page. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um. You. You know my uh, conservative ass. Just like. Mm-mm, nope. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll listen about your stories. I'll hear about your life, but. I'm not interested in having fun with you nor your wife. <laughs> what? Oh, that was a nice little rhyme there. I am me. proud of it. <laughs> I have been just babying it up today. After I did my uh, rearranging of the books, I just was like, oh, Susie Homemaker, we must clean and cook and clean and cook and play with an 18-month child. So I apologize, but you are my second adult conversation, and Ron and I's conversation was... Not as uh, full of different topics, you know? Yeah. It was full of obligations, catching up on the day, and making plans for after the kid goes back to sleep. Yeah, exactly. How was your day? Good? Good. This is how my day went. What are we doing for dinner? I got dishes (laughs) to do. We'll talk later. Cool. Yep. Dave will take a nap (laughs) if you shut the light off. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That's too funny. Um, So... Let's see. What are we? Oh, you've been watching Euphoria. I've watched all of Euphoria. So good. Is it not so good? It was so good. My mother actually is the one who turned me on to it. I was staying at her house and she was like, hey, let's watch this show that I like. I ended up watching like two and a half episodes that night and then I just finished it over the last two weeks. And I'm surprised that your mom was into it. I mean, I guess I, I don't know why I'm surprised. I just. I that's wasn't maybe something I'd see her being like into. It's a little bit of a forward and progressively accepting show. So my mom doesn't fit that age range by any means. Yeah, I think that's probably why I would assume that, which is not fair to assume that. Yeah, you're an ageist. Everybody's got an ist they are, right? <laughs> Everybody's an ist somewhere. <laughs> um but I watched the show. I finished it up and my mom was like, oh, you finished it? I was like, yeah. And she was like, um, okay. So all you had to say about Jules was that she, cause she like, she questioned me and was like, what happened in the episode? And I like told her like, you know, this would happen to so-and-so and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, all you have to say about Jules is that she went away on a train. And 
I was like, yeah. And she was like, you don't have anything else to say about her. I was like, no, that's just like how it ended. Yeah. And she was like, uh, how about that? She's like a guy. (laughs) And I was like, that's not news. I was like, we knew that from the scene when she was like laying in the bed. Yes. They were hanging out and she was wearing like that pink outfit and her and Rue were laying in the bed. I was like, it was obvious then. I was like, if you look at these actors, this actor is actually, um, a transition. Yeah. And they, she, she's like playing herself. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I, um, yeah, you knew very, I, that's so funny that it took her that long to realize, it took your mom that long Okay, so she didn't say it was her. She said it was her friends. But I was just like, then why were you so surprised? I was like asking for a friend. I was like, you both probably were floored. And then we're just like, what? (laughs) It's such a well-written show. Like, I I think it's all the characters have such an interesting story. And Zendaya, I always call her Zendaya. And my girls always correct me. And they would know because she used to be a little princess. Or maybe I say, I don't know, whatever, whichever way I say it, it's the wrong way. Because <laughs> I know that my girls always correct me. So now I don't know which one it was. But in any way, she's a phenomenal actress and she's beautiful. And so she does like a, re- and it's really funny to see, not funny, but it's nice to see her just like get into this like just gritty, honest, like role of an, you know, a teenage addict like navigating you know life and sexuality and sobriety and all these different things it's i just find it to be so interesting and well written it was awesome like i can't wait for the next season to come out um hbo always puts out quality programming i believe i know we talk about them so much we should be getting a check or at least free hbo you ain't lying (laughs) i've been watching um nurse nurse ratchet Oh, me too. I am only on episode, like, four or five. I think I'm on five. I'm on five, too. And it's so good. And I love Ryan Murphy. I love everything that Ryan Murphy does. I love that Hollywood show he did on Netflix. I love all the American Horror Stories. Hollywood was the uh, pizza or no? Hollywood. The gas station. Did you say Gatsby? Gas station. Yes, the gas station show. Yes. (laughs) I yeah. saw the first two episodes and then I just never went back to it for no reason. Just didn't go back. Well, and you know, he does, uses like all so many of the same actors. You know, he like bring he's well, okay. So I tell you what, I, and I wanted, I actually had this conversation with Rich last night and I wanted to, it actually ties in to Euphoria too, because last night I was saying that I find Ryan Murphy and Lena Waithe to be so like just wonderful for the entertainment industry because right now they're doing so much for you know the lgbtqia community you know they're like focusing not focusing but they're you know having trans gender queer gay bi lesbian you know actors that are playing roles that aren't central to the fact that you know they're they're not like these cookie cutter. Remember we we you know they first started putting Gary characters on shows when we were younger. They were either like butch lesbians or they were like feminine gay men. You know like they were characters like it, they had to play into these roles. But the way that 
these amazing writers now are writing these roles. It's just they're just characters who also happen to be, you know, also whatever, you know, whatever this, whatever character it is or whatever person it is. And I think that's so nice to see because representation matters. You know, it, these kids that grow up in towns like where I'm at and there's not, you know, it's a very undiverse place. So for these kids that are coming up and questioning things and learning about themselves and the world that they see these roles in these characters and these actors and they they can like identify with them and not feel weird because you, if you watched did you watch the one show with Laverne Cox and I can't remember what it was about like trans portrayal in the media mm, I feel like I did not and it's but it's really really good also and they were saying like I didn't feel like growing up, I didn't feel like, you know, I didn't feel like a butch lesbian and I didn't feel like a feminine gay man. So I was like, well, I don't, maybe I'm just confused on who I am. So the the nice thing is that now that they're writing these parts and, and ever, you know, introducing all these incredible people into the world of media, then these kids at home get to see that it, you know, it is a spectrum and you don't have to fit into any certain box. You can just be who you are. And I yeah. think that's super cool. Oh, just the last, I feel like the last five years alone have been a complete transformation for media. Oh, And yeah. everyone, for everybody, for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like we've said, I've said it before, like I don't particularly understand all of everything, but I mean, that doesn't, that's not for me to understand. Right, right. Yeah, Lena Waith also has a show on... I think it's on BET, maybe. Bet. It's called uh, 20s, and mm. it's really, really good, too. It's, it's you know, she does The Shy on Showtime and, oh, countless other things. But You should be paid are... by them, too. I believe we dropped them a few times. Oh, Showtime. <laughs> I know. I, I, I watch just about everything they do, also. They're so good. Well, speaking of media streaming and sexuality have you have you been seeing all the uh uproar and boycotts for that new movie on netflix called cuties so i have seen people talking about it i didn't really know what it was about i just gathered it had something to do with like sexualizing children right um but i just saw people like are canceling their netflix subscriptions and (laughs) whatever because they allowed this film to be on their platform i so i looked up roger ebert uh review and it had four stars so i got like halfway through it i i kind of i didn't jump into it until last night like late and i started to watch it and i mean i came away with a couple things from it because if you just look at the trailer did you watch the trailer for it like when you like scroll scroll through Netflix and it's like it will yours like play a trailer at the it top will, of the screen? It will, but I have not seen it. So the way it seems, it's like these like twerking ten year olds, you know, like that are gonna like sign up for this dance competition or whatever. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, this is like a pedophile's dream. I can't believe you would do this and put this on the air. It's disgusting. Cancel Netflix. So I'm like, okay, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna bring this up, if we're gonna talk about it, I want to like know what I'm talking about. 
So, like I said, I didn't finish it, but I did get like halfway through it. And first, let me say, I was thrown off immediately by the fact that it is a, it's a foreign film. Oh, okay. It's one of those ones. It's um, Paris. Du- it's is set in Paris. Is that where it is? Yeah. So it's, but it's dubbed over. So it's, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's dubbed over in English. Okay. So it's, it's odd from the rip. You're like, okay. So I kind of went into it initially with the thought that like when you first, when I was knocked off immediately by that and one of the, um, little girls, what, like the main character, she is not Sudanese, um, she is not from France. Sanguinian something. All right. Yeah. Something like that. I read it earlier and now I don't know. Well, in any case, so she's not even from like where the girls are from that, you know, she's trying to become friends with like the other little girls in the dance crew. So I'm like, okay, so this is filmed in France, um, you know, which and they're like the one daughter looks or the one little girl looks like she's maybe she looks Hispanic. And I'm like, first, there's a lot of cultural differences that don't always translate well. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a lot of things that like if you look at like, um, like, first of all, the French have always been. Like, very proud of being just, like, openly sexual people, right? Right. And then you look at the history of, like, dance in general. You know, look at a lot of the, um, like, the tango and the flamenco and, you know, these dances where it's, you know, it's inherently sexual, the dances. Mm -hmm. You know, not, like, in, like, a WAP kind of way. But it's just like a celebrating like the the human form, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a some leeway. I'm gonna give it some rope here, right? And I can if you look at the storyline in general, it's it to broad scope it. You're like, okay, this is a it's a coming of age movie, right? It's about these eleven year old girls that are in the age of trying to figure out boys and they hear they have older siblings and they're hearing about sex and they're trying to seem cool like they know about it and talk about it and the weird and and it's I identify with that because I have kids that age you know I have an 11 year old and a 12 year old and as much as I try and keep them kids i know that we're going to be getting to the age now you know that this is going to be a thing right yeah and and these girls so the girls in the movie they don't really have like the one the two of the parents are like they own a restaurant so the daughter's like oh they're never around and then the main character her mother is like off arranging her father's wedding to his second wife because they're like you know, polygamists or whatever. And so, like, the old grandmother, like, kind of checks in, but this 11-year-old year old girl's basically raising her two younger brothers 
or young one younger brother or whatever. But the point is, it's like these girls in this rough age that don't have adult supervision or anybody to guide them properly. So it's like, yeah, they're acting like little, little, uh, you know, I'm trying to not use a not nice word. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm being conscious of the fact that we're recording this. <laughs> <laughs> but it's there, you know, like these girls who have changing bodies are seeing the older girls with the boobs and the butts and they want their bodies to grow. And I find, I find that very difficult raising a girl that age because you want I'm I'm always trying to find a healthy balance of keeping her young and you know she's still just a kid and teaching her like appropriateness for you know you could there's different things you wear to different places not everything's always appropriate right but also not shaming like body shaming her like in a way that like you know you should be comfortable with your body so it's not it's not that, but it's also, like, we still have to tell our girls that there's creeps out, you know? Like, there's dudes who are going to blame you when they sexually assault you for what you are wearing. Like, right. let's be honest. Yeah. So, um, this film just touches on the sensitive subjects of all that. Yeah, so, I mean, it's kind of like, it, you know, it, it's got, like... If you look at it from, like, a film perspective, it's it's hitting, like, good points. But, I, and let me just say, it's uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. <laughs> it is, because, you know, it's, you, like, especially being a, a parent of a child, and you're like, yeah, I can see how this is, like, a pedophile's dream. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I have to totally tell you about this pedophile story now. Um, I had a teacher in high school that went to jail for child pornography yeah and he came up in the news just a few days ago and like all of my um high school graduate classmates were talking about it social media and he's trying to get out because of covid what yeah just like citing like you know like to crush you six nine high high blood pressure blah blah all this stuff um and then it comes to light that like he had like over 50,000 images Mm. and then after he was convicted and put in jail for like 30 some odd years is the sentence um somebody came forward saying that there was a touching situation he got 30 some years in prison he was trying to get out early for covid yeah he's been in jail for nine years i want to say get no he's like in a low security you know like because that's where they put these like weak folks yeah hopefully just getting beat up every day (sighs) yeah it's disgusting but yeah so um all of it's so sensitive i feel like nobody wants to watch a entertainment thing you know like i'm gonna watch entertainment this is not entertaining well it's horrific well i think well and that so i think but i think for years and this is not a new thing like overly sexualizing young girls like First of all, if you don't think I that we... I that pageant show. That's overly sexualizing. That's what I was... Listen, I've got that written... My, my, I've got it written down. So I'm like, think about like the scream queens of the 80s and in the early 90s. Yeah, these were women playing these roles. But if we remember that they're supposed to be like high school kids. You know, like how many... 
or or they'd play they were a senior in high school so they must be you know you're you're they're 18 so they're legal so we can show you their tits like yeah the actress may have been 24 25 years old but like you were you had her being 17 by the script hooking up like we forget that this has been going on for years. This is not a new thing. And toddler, yeah, like toddlers and tiaras, like these little tiny girls with their fake teeth and their a pound of makeup on their face and their little like crop tops and booty shorts doing their little oh. winks and kisses. Like if you weren't boycotting TLC when they put all that wild shit on the air, then I don't know why you'd be boycotting Netflix. It's just a trigger at this point. Like it's not anything new. They turned cheerleading competitions into the same thing. I was a cheerleader my whole life. I cheered clear up into college. I, Whenever they decided to no. turn cheerleading uniforms into practically bathing suits, and then you see them competing, you know, down in Florida every year from Little League to college, and I'm like, these little girls in these no. tiny little uniforms, like, this is, it's, it's not any different. It's just a hot button right now, so people want to get mad about it. And they're putting all these stupid things on Facebook and stuff, like how we talked about that Save the Children hashtag that they were using against Ugh. Black Lives Matter. But it's like they've been trafficking children, and, and pedophiles have been around forever. Like, this is not a new thing. Like, it's just a hot it's a hot button issue right now so everybody's talking about it and then the, when the next one comes you guys will stop talking about it again we should have never not been talking about it is what i'm saying but you all just pretended like it wasn't happening until now all now, of you now now <laughs> now that tom hanks is out here trafficking little girls you know ah uh, you've got mail <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes that was good that was good that was real good <laughs> i'm giving you a virtual high five on that one yeah i was like point for me point for me and that mail's from wayfair what my baby came from a mailbox that's cool <laughs> it's cheaper than in vitro yep <laughs> buy them online um it's fucked up everything well i i was never having kids remember i was like uh, maybe i'll just like buy one yeah <laughs> I always said that too. I was like, I, I mean, I'll probably never get married, but I might adopt one like later in life when I, I have a career and I'm ready. I'm like, yeah, that was a brilliant 17 year old plan in life. Like anybody can plan the rest of their life at 17. Right. I don't know any people that that ever works out for. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, my kid just came in here because I text my husband that if he gives our kid a bath i'll i'll go to dairy queen for him after i'm done recording <laughs> that's so funny you got a bribe wait why do you send her in there though well they came in here to get the towel oh okay but um i have in my notes that i wanted to tell you so she doesn't get like out of my face like she's always up my ass like i, I cannot turn without her being there like i can't tell you how many times i've like knocked her across the room on accident <laughs> Um, not really across the room, but like, you know, knocked her down. But, um, I like to like hide behind, you know, door frames and stuff. I've sent you videos of me like, uh, jumping out and scaring her or whatever. But, um. Not just her, to lots of people. You're, you used to do it to your employees too. Yeah, I like to scare people all the time because it's funny. But, uh, <laughs> here at the house, I'm already doing it to my 18 month 
daughter. It's so, fair game. Like, and she's getting good at it too. She also hides. It's great. Um, <laughs> it's learned behavior. Yeah, nurture and nature. She's got it on both sides. But uh, she wouldn't leave me alone, like for me to do anything. And I wanted to clean this house today because we had like a fun weekend and like just enjoyed our time so i wanted to like you know tidy up a bit and she wouldn't leave me alone so i i vacuumed her a few days ago or a week ago um after she was like covered in like little rice pieces like i gave her like some type of rice dish and she was just covered in this stuff like all over her legs and i was just like i'm gonna take you out of this chair and it's gonna be a royal mess i'm about to just vacuum you and I didn't realize it, like, was going to make her freak out. But, like, is it the like second... a hose or, like, a little, like, step vacuum thing? It disconnects. Like, the part that you push, the handle disconnects and becomes, like, a handheld. Like a dust buster. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I just tried to, like, do a <laughs> twice. And she, like, was like, no. So I didn't keep doing it. But every time I get it out, she runs away. <laughs> So, like when my dog sees like the hose, yes. she knows she's about to get a bath, so she goes and hides. <laughs> yes, yes. So I was vacuuming, and it detaches very easily. So like anytime she would try to get all up underneath my feet, I would detach it. <laughs> and, like it's still out. I know it's crazy. It's still out. I got this whole house cleaned. It's like a whole defense mechanism. You can keep her busy by just like hiding from you. Oh, it was amazing. That's so like, good. Oh, look what's still happening. I'm still <laughs> cleaning up the house. Get away from so me. So for all you listeners out there who have a toddler that won't get off your ass, find out what scares the shit out of them and use it against them. Terrorize them once. Remember what did the terrorizing and keep that going. <laughs> Small doses until they get comfortable and then just blast them with it again. Be like, yep, mm-mm. You remember what this did to you? It's back. This is where she'll grow up and never want to vacuum ever. She's just going to live in like a pig pen. She's like, I'm traumatized from the vacuum when I was a child. I can never vacuum again. I can't have carpets. I will only have hardwood floors. (laughs) Swiffer. Oh, that was a good talk. I think that we should probably wrap it up. That's a good time. I think it is a great time, and we will see you all next week. Give us some ideas. We're on all the platforms, so find us. We're not going to find you. (laughs) (laughs) I'll find you. (laughs) Now that Tom Hanks is out here trafficking little girls, you know. Ah, uh, you've got mail. <laughs> 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 <laughs>